beginning of November 2023, and we're doing surveillance. Okay. Now, in this case, I'm essentially an actor. This is a part of the TV show. Um, and I can't get into all the details because I'm still respecting the non-disclosure agreement that I signed, even though I don't really like the production company anymore. But we're, as a part of the show, this is a documentary series, and there's an element of surveillance involved. And like I said, this is not me doing the actual surveillance, but I'm an actor. I'm, well, sort of like an actor, one of the people that's in the documentary, and I'm with the surveillance team. And... It's really interesting just because um, like it's odd now when if you you know listen to the first few episodes of this this life lesson series you'll know that I almost worked for the CIA and was uh, essentially didn't end up getting that job but um, I was planning to work for the CIA and obviously to like do surveillance and things like that blah 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 um, and it's kind of it's ironic then how you end up in that position in a different way later in life it's like it's just weird how i like ended up in like a tv show where we're going to be doing that and it's funny because i used to think it was going to be cool <laughs> like like you you see it you know in the movies like uh, you know it's like oh cool you know, do some surveillance right it's gonna be a stakeout it's gonna be so fun surveillance is literally the worst thing that you can do like honest to god <laughs> when you actually go and do surveillance <laughs> In the real world, where you're you're waiting on someone, you know, whether it's to come out of a house or out of a building, or you're you're watching for someone, you get there, you get started, and it's like the first, you know, 15 minutes or so, it's like, okay, yeah, cool, pumped up, doing surveillance, right? And then like after the first 15 minutes, you're like, all right, we're still sitting here doing surveillance, and nothing's happening. And then two or three hours go by and you're like, wow, we're still sitting here doing surveillance. This is literally the worst thing. Like, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy to have to do that job on a day-to-day -day basis. But anyway, we're doing it as a part of this show. We're essentially filming people who are doing surveillance. And, you know, because of that, we are part of the surveillance. So, of course, Herbert is the name that I'm giving him. It's not his real name. He's still kind of overseeing this thing. He's the, he's the main producer on the ground. But then there's another guy. Um, this is in Mexico. Like I said, there's another guy, uh, a local Mexican who shall not be named. It was hilarious because um, he tells the team, the surveillance team, how did he put it? He goes, que se pongan pañales y elotes en el culo. <laughs> so he's like, it, that translates to basically... Put your diapers on and put corn cobs up your butthole. And what that means is we're not going anywhere for a while, okay? Nobody moves. You don't get a chance to go to the bathroom. Get it? And see, me, like, I'm, I'm in one of the cars while we're filming this, and I'm pretty much running on coffee and beef jerky. That's what I'd been eating. We had to get up super early, too. So, like, nothing is going well, right? Uh, but I had a bunch of packs of beef jerky, which, by the way, the beef jer jerky in Mexico is just better than it is in the U.S. See, in the U.S., I swear, they have all these beef jerkies that have a bunch of sugar. Um, but in Mexico, it's like no sugar. It's like as close as I can find to what I think is just, like, real beef. And, like, the idea or like real beef with no BS ingredients. Like the idea here is, okay, I need the coffee just to kind of stay alert because we didn't sleep enough. Like I'm not drinking so much coffee to the point where I have to pee, but enough coffee to stay alert and then like beef jerky just to get enough protein, but hopefully not have to actually go to the bathroom. <laughs> and like, this is the hard thing about what I was doing because 
in this role, I'm trying to like look good for the cameras, so I got to maintain muscle. And how do we maintain muscle? Well, we maintain muscle by, even if we don't get a chance to work out that much or don't have access to a gym, if we get enough protein in our diet, we're usually going to be good. Like you're not going to lose muscle if you get enough protein in your diet. And that's kind of like the big tip that I give people for fitness anyway, is if you do nothing else correct, just lift some weights when you get a chance and eat enough protein in your diet. Typically, it's like one gram of protein per pound of body weight or target body weight per day. So if you're 150 pounds or if that's your goal body weight, 150 grams of protein. If you're 200 pounds, 200 grams of protein per day. Like if you do that, you're not going to lose muscle. You're going to maintain a good physique and it's even probably going to help you, you know, burn body fat in the long run, which is a whole other story for another day. But um, so like my idea is, okay, I'm not going to get any real food. I'm not going to have a chance to go to the bathroom eat beef jerky. Just get a bunch of packs of beef jerky. So I had a bunch of packs of beef jerky there waiting for me. I was prepped. And um, <clears throat> and I know I'm getting down the nerdy nutrition rabbit hole here, but some people are going to say, isn't all that red meat bad for you? Okay. Beef jerky is maybe not the best option <laughs> for the long term, but as long as, um, well, it's still better than most things you get at a gas station anywhere in the world, Mexico, the U.S., anywhere. Still way better than most of the things most people are eating at a gas station. It's not just full of a bunch of sugar and crap ingredients. And, um, you know, the whole red meat argument's a tricky one, but um, in general, if you're not eating a whole bunch of highly processed meat all the time, it's probably not really like a, you know, cancer risk or anything like that. So I've got other episodes in the past of the Keep Talking Library if you want more info on that. Um, in terms of the coffee, water is obviously probably better for your health, but I didn't have the option of drinking that much water because then I would have had to pee. Now, is doing surveillance good for your health in any way? No, absolutely not. Okay, if you want to be healthy mentally or physically, don't do surveillance, okay? Um, but we're doing surveillance. And it's actually interesting, like, after having done this, like, you realize you know, as someone who's at least felt like I've been on both ends of it before, like how to beat surveillance. If you're, if, if someone's watching you, you know, whether it's the government or a bad guy, so to speak, it seems easy enough in the sense that you can just lull them to sleep, you know, because you make them think nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening for, for hours and hours. And eventually, you know, people get bored. Like they can't, they can't just keep watching for that long. And what happens today nowadays is just phones. Like, the people that do surveillance are on their phones all the time. Let's be real. They're on Instagram, dicking around, looking at reels, or on TikTok while they're doing surveillance. Okay, I know because I've seen this happen. I've seen surveillance professionals dick around on TikTok and Instagram while they're doing surveillance. All right, so if you want to beat surveillance, if you ever need to. Again, I know the number of listeners who are ever going to have to beat surveillance at any point in their life is probably very few and far between. But I'm just saying, if you need to beat surveillance... Just know that they're probably going to be on their phones, and so you just got to lull them to sleep at some point, and then do something that looks not that obvious, and you could just be gone and on your way. But anyway, okay, now I'm probably going to get like accused of, of, um, of helping out criminals who are evading police surveillance and you know government agencies and all that. So you just pretend I deleted that part. I didn't say any of that last minute stuff. Okay, so um, in this particular case. When we were doing that surveillance, you know, as part of the, you know, the filming and everything, nothing, nothing really happened, right? We get done after however many hours, um, and we're going back to this hotel that we're staying in. Now, then we would end up getting spied on, so to speak, later that day. And it's interesting because, so for me, um, after 
the disastrous results of the polygraph, like I talked about in the you know the first couple of episodes of these life lessons um, episodes, is in like 2008, 2017 and 18 was a very scary time for me because I wasn't sure if the U.S. government was spying on me and if they thought that I was a real issue. And when that happens, you become very paranoid and you kind of start like seeing ghosts is the way I like to put it. And um, like, you know, everyone looks like someone who might be spying on you. You get suspicious of every little thing. Like I remember when I was in France, the nice thing is they never put me on a no-fly list. And so I was in France, in Marseille, um, the town of Marseille, France, in the south of France in 2018. And I remember, I swear, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess there's a chance. I don't think so. I think I was just seeing ghosts. But I, I, like, I swear there was this guy that just absolutely had to be following me. Like whether he was, you know, working for CIA, I mean, U.S. Secret Service, that wouldn't really make sense that far out of the country. But because... Um, you know, the Secret Service investigated me in late 2017, and this was, you know, mid-2018 now, and I'm like, I thought we were done. I didn't think I was getting, you know, investigated anymore, or definitely not spied on, so to speak, but I swear there was this guy. I remember, you know, I, I came out from the place I was staying. It was like an Airbnb, and you know, like I saw this guy sitting at one cafe just by himself, like reading a newspaper, like doing everything that the spies in the movies of the books do. Um, and he just kind of had that look about him, like everything about him said he could be a spy. He was maybe 35, 40 years old, and he was, um, you know, he, he looked definitely like French. I mean, he fit in perfectly there because he was, you know, kind of like olive-colored skin, dark hair, could have been from any number of different countries, could have been French. Could have maybe been Latino, could have maybe been, you know, Moroccan, Arab from one of those countries around there. Um, could have even been, you know, American just with darker skin. Um, but he just, he, he fit the bill, right? He looked fairly fit, but like nothing, you know, didn't really stand out. He looked like he would just go around the world doing surveillance on people. And so like he's sitting at this cafe, like right outside where I am. And like I kind of took a general look at the people who were sitting out there. I saw him and then I just like walked to this other market that's, I don't know, maybe five minutes walk away right and i can't remember what i was doing i was like buying some stuff whether it was just groceries or whatever and then all of a sudden i see him just like standing there either looking at or pretending he's looking at something going on in like the next store over uh, or like the next little shop market and i'm like i know that's you i know that's you from the restaurant i know you're sitting here by yourself i know you're a 35 to 40 year old heterosexual appearing dude you are not just out here in the middle of a random day like window shopping at these little markets and malls that's girl stuff or homosexual stuff <laughs> not to be <laughs> not to be like a homophobe but but like this is not stuff stuff that like a 35 or 40 year old um you know random guy by himself does it's like you're you look like you are spying on me right now and so like at that point i can't even remember what i did like i i didn't try to like do something stupid and like just run away or whatever but i'm like why like did the cia send you here to like spy on me like what are you doing i I don't know what you're doing and um all i remember is i think i just i walked away like i just i walked away and like walked back home and he, he didn't, from what I can tell, he didn't follow me back. And this might be one of those cases, and like after that I was kind of spooked, obviously. I really don't know in this case, if I had to guess, if you ask me right now, was that guy actually spying on me or was I seeing ghosts, so to speak? I'm guessing I was seeing ghosts. I'm guessing for whatever reason he just, you know, 
kind of, yeah, he, he wasn't actually after me, and, and I was just, yeah, I was, I was paranoid and was seeing ghosts. But it just didn't add up, like, what he was doing and why he was, like, that close to me in both of those places. Uh, but this is what happens when you get, like, really, you know, you're in a state of, like, anxiety, fear, and paranoia, is you do, you start seeing ghosts. Believe me, I've been there. Uh, because we stop thinking rationally when we're scared about certain things. And this was me for, you know, a couple year period of my life in 2017 and 2018. Um, now, back to, well, 2023. Um, it's funny because then there are other times where it's blatantly obvious. Like you would think a lot of times, you know, in the world of like surveillance and, um, and spying and stuff like that, that it's going to be mostly discreet, right? Well, in Mexico, it's, it's blatantly obvious uh, in, on this particular occasion because we're in this town that, you know, let's be honest, it's mostly a cartel-controlled town. Now, what I know about the cartels and everything, the way they work is that as long as you don't do anything that directly interferes with their business, they don't really care what you're doing. Now, what we were doing, just being a documentary, TV series. It's a little bit, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't anything particularly about them, but you know, we're, we're being watched. That, that's all you need to know. When we go into small towns in particular, we're being watched because that's the way a lot of these small towns in Mexico work is they have um, what they call punteros who are, you know, like the, well, basically like the, the watchmen that say, okay, these people just entered the city, whatever, and they report to the cartels. I don't know all the details, but that's what I understand of it, right? So this time it's blatantly obvious. Like we pull out of our hotel later that day just to go get something to eat, and there's this big van. It's like, I don't know, it's like a, like a white van, whatever, and it was like sitting on the side of the street, and there's three dudes in it. <laughs> of course, it's like three dudes, probably around... 30 years old, whatever. It just whips a U-turn, follows us out of the hotel, and just like directly right behind us. It's like, it's it's so obvious. They're not even trying to hide anything. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I guess. Well, at least it's good to like know you're being spied on or you know someone's following you. And the thing about it is, is this was all kind of expected. Uh, like the production company, I'll give them credit. They were honest about this possibility and the possibility that there could be, it could be a little bit dangerous. Um, I felt that they were not super honest with me in certain other aspects of the job, uh, but they were honest about this possibly happening, and it, it was something that I, you know, was was ready for. And so, like, we keep going. We're going down the street, and we pull up. We park. We're going to get something to eat in this restaurant, um, you know, because we have a local guide. We have security and everything. And um, so we get out, get in the restaurant, and, you know, I think the security and the local guy definitely both saw the same thing I saw, and they kind of knew, yeah, yeah, we're, okay, we're being followed, because then those guys just parked a couple spots away from us and, like, sat in their car, watched us get out into the restaurant. And so we go into the restaurant, like, nothing's happening, and um, that was just kind of, like, an interesting moment for me, because um, it's just really interesting when you're going into a restaurant just going into a restaurant in a random town in Mexico and like you know that cartel spies are watching you you don't know how much they care about you you don't you don't know exactly you know what could happen but you know you're being watched it's just it's really interesting you just know you're being watched and you go in there and you eat your meal anyway maybe I'll talk more about it in um the next few episodes all right that's all I got for you today love y'all talk again soon Peace.